Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. Thank you for joining us today. James and Lacey with me, as always. Uh, Lucasfilm is taking a step back. They're going to really absorb what George created and uh, think about what they're going to do going forward. So we're taking a step forward and we're taking over the whole operation just for this one episode where we're going to have a little fantasy land for us where we're going to create our outlines for um, what we would love to see uh, in a Star Wars movie in terms of production. So who's writing it, who's directing it, who's starring in it, who's doing the music, and what's it going to be about? So we're each bringing our movies to the table, and we're going to have a fun time discussing that. Uh, So go ahead and back out now. So see you later, everybody. (laughs) Um, No, this should be fun because it's kind of one of those, like, I don't know, I feel like we've been really getting into serious discussions of late, uh, especially with... Kathleen Kennedy comments and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I felt like this was kind of like a fun idea while also poking a little fun and poking the bear a little bit in terms of uh, the status of Star Wars movies and stuff. So um, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing good. good. Yeah. We got, what is it, 50 days now till Mando season two? 50 days. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, today's, yeah, today's the 10th. That's wild. Yeah, summer's done. Summer's over. It's fall time, which means it's Mando time. It's my um, favorite time of year, fall. We're going to do Mando fan show, go to bed and wake up and it'll be Halloween. Yeah. Ooh. Very true. Halloween on a Saturday this year. Oh, oh that's cool. You know I didn't think about that. 2020 was the perfect year for every holiday. Like 4th of July was on a Saturday. Yep. And, and like no one could do anything. <laughs> Like, why couldn't it have been the the Monday Halloween year or the Monday Fourth? Wait, of July? why is that? Why is why is Fourth of July being on a Saturday a good or thing? Or Friday, I'd rather or whatever have it, it was. A... Like, there was something oh, good okay. about the the weekend element of it. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Because I was gonna say I was like I would rather have it on a weekday because then you get that day off. I think yeah. it was Friday. Yeah. It might so have been we Friday. got a three day yeah. weekend. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So yeah, we even just as we're recording this today. Um, we, we have a lot of new resistance officers who are joining us on Patreon, uh, recently, Mm -hmm. especially, uh, many of them taking advantage of the vinyl sticker set for commanders and above. Uh, but we just want to remind you that the sticker offer on Patreon ends today at noon, I believe Mm -hmm. East. So hopefully you're listening to this nice and early and you've been, if you've been thinking about joining us on Patreon, this would be the time because you're getting those four vinyl stickers uh, so head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast uh, to lock that four sticker pack up before it ends. And these is one our... of them on your shirt? Gary the Porg is one of them. Yes. Uh, love this guy. And actually, <laughs> these stickers were going to be our Star Wars celebration and and convention um, like handouts. So we're not they're not going to be on Teespring or anything like that. Uh, so this is the time to get them. And if we ever decide to bring them back, we'll bring them back. But right now, that's it. So if you were thinking about joining us, you're like, ah, I was going to wait a little bit. This is the time to do it because you're grabbing uh, all four of those and they're like weatherproof and vinyl. They're high quality stickers that will last you until the end of uh, all time. Um, All right. James, uh, Will of the Force is back. It is back, even though we did. uh, I can't say it's back baby because we just did it again Thursday. So I can't do the full back baby, but it's back. So what's going on? I fear nothing for all this as the force wills it. Well, you know, like you uh, were just alluding to, we've had a lot of new uh, resistance officers coming in. And, uh, you know, if you guys, seriously, I just, before we get to will the force, I just want to say, cause like our, our Patreon is just like wild sometimes, right? We do so much stuff over there. Uh, I think we, I, you know, we put out like two basically hour long episodes a week, but I think we just did like 35 minutes alone. Just talking about Kathleen Kennedy. There's just like so much extra content over there. If you're a fan of the podcast, please head over to the, the, the Patreon and check, check that stuff out. Just join the, just to get the discord too. It's such a great oh, uh, thing too. If you want to join at the commander level. Yeah. I really feel like everybody who's in there is really just thoroughly enjoying the conversations and stuff. Um, but I, I definitely know one person that is enjoying or uh, the group of people enjoying the discord is the generals. Cause they have their own specific generals 
chat and you would be surprised how active that chat actually is um i do want to give a shout out to our generals real quick before we get into will the force um and our generals right now are carmelo andrew staley jeremy myers neil shaw david probus john reese micah harrison jetta rosewater michael gaines bethany uh beer fet bethany uh russ harbison and kendall gellner so thank you very much generals for being part of uh the biggest part of our patreon and um if you guys are interested in joining um one of the other perks that you get is you get to submit questions uh to will the force so let's get into that we're actually because we've had so many different people uh joining and we're doing the special offer right now we're gonna go ahead and do a a full-on full patreon submission uh will the force this week so the first one is coming from our patreon officer uh commander kyle baker kyle wanted to know will dinjarin slash mando that character uh get another updated suit of beskar armor before the end of mandalorian season two Lacey, what do you think hey care um <laughs> i <laughs> i okay he will but I don't think it's going to be a full suit. I think it's going to be a piece. So like he got mm. the symbol for his shoulder and the whole suit in season one. I think he might get another shoulder piece or some type of replacement with some type of marking on it because mm-hmm. that is probably the best way to make new toys is like, oh, here's the new one with this new special thing or a new helmet or something. I don't think he's going to get a full brand new suit. Mm, okay. Um, John, what do you think? Uh, he will not. Um, and I'm just going by the theme, like the Favreau's Western theme. And like these guys, like these Clint Eastwood guys, they don't like get new duds in these movies. They're usually getting battle torn and battle worn. And it shows like the progress or the deconstruction of the character. Like in season one, they had this big moment where he goes full Mando and he gets his full Beskar suit. And all of a sudden he's like, peak mandalorian and i think now from here on out we may see him uh emotionally get deconstructed he's obviously a lot warmer now than he was when we first met him with the child and stuff we're going to see him get worn out physically too and because you can't see his face and that sort of stuff you're going to see like oh remember when he got blasted here in this episode it's going to be there forever and it's going to become a part of telling the story so i think he's sticking with what he has which was that shiny new beskar that he got in season one and we're going to see that morph over time uh, the rest of the way. Also, it, it, like doing a whole nother, like dramatic scene where he gets new armor and stuff. I think um, it's been there, done that. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think uh, Lacey's actually right when it comes to the like how to add extra things for toys and, and sales and stuff. Um, but I think, John, you're right on the probably how the fact that, you know, his armor is going to stay the way that it is. So I think the the middle ground there for me personally, the way I think it's going to go down, is he's going to keep his armor, but they're going to bring in a, a new weapon or a new jetpack or a new um, like maybe maybe by the end of it, he gets the dark saber and they're able to sell the hot toy that has the dark saber. Or maybe just in general, he's he has his helmet off a lot more and they're able to sell the hot toy that's yeah. just like, oh, it's the Mandalorian, but the Mandalorian this this one doesn't have a helmet that comes with it or something or like a side helmet you can put on the top um but i think i think they've i think they want that look to be like the look you know what i mean just the same way like boba fett even though his stuff is crappy he like he just is the look and i think they wanted to showcase a bad look and get him to the official yeah that makes sense um next one that we got here is from uh commander cam ray uh resistance officer cam welcome ray. cam um yeah cam wanted to know uh will moff gideon get a spin-off series uh backstory otherwise anything like that uh after his run on the mandalorians john what do you think any spin-off possibility for uh moff gideon i no i don't think so but i do it's hard for me to say until I see his full run in this show. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if we get two or three seasons of fleshed out Moff Gideon, I may be like, I'm full. Like, I'm good. Uh, I don't need another slice or whatever. Um, so, it's it's tough for me to answer that now. Um, but assuming that they will give us enough of him and not kill him off and continue the villain problem that they have, uh, I don't think we'll get a spinoff. 
But maybe he could pop in and other stuff. But I don't think we're going to get a Moff Gideon show, which was what the question is, I guess. He's, is he going to get a spinoff for his own thing? So I don't think so. Sure. Lacey, any spinoff show? No, he will not get a spinoff. I think he is obviously the main villain for the Mandalorian. So that's kind of where he should stay. I don't think he needs another series. Hmm. I agree. Yeah, if you, you know what I you know what I will say though? I think he's gonna I think there's a potential that he could have a cool cameo in Cassian. Mm-hmm. Like the same way that they're like, oh, Gus Breaking Bad? How about Gus uh what's the other show? Better, Better Call, Call Saul. Saul. So like mm-hmm. yeah. dream off. Before he was blank, mm. this was him. He can make a cameo. He can show up, and everybody's like, "Dang, man!" Because I know where that go. They're, they're going with that character, and he's awesome in the Mandalorian. Yeah, um, I think it's possible, uh, but no spinoff show. I, th- I, th- I think he's a. Uh, they're gonna do a spinoff show to a hero first. Um, all right, Patreon officer, uh, Commander Stephen Bowman is gets the next question. Uh, Steven was wondering, will any of the announced upcoming Star Wars films, uh, whether it's Feige or Ryan Johnson or Taika Waititi, uh, be converted into a Disney Plus miniseries or film in the light of the changing culture and the rise of streaming? Um, this one's for you, Lacey, first, right? Yeah. Um, sure. Any chance that we're going to see these transferred into Disney Plus shows? Well, this is tricky because Ryan Johnson's mentioned in here and I don't think his thing's happening. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as for Feige and uh, Taika, I think those are going to remain movies. I think those are tentpole type movies that they're going to remain in the movie theater once we get to, what is it, 2023 now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. those are remaining as movies. Only until they announce that they're pushing it back to 2024. (laughs) But they're not going to give you a title or anything. (laughs) No. Sorry. I need to make a little joke in there, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I'm. I'll I'll jump in actually too on this one because I actually think that's that's part of this is the fact that it's uh the creators that are announced that makes me think that these are going to lock in and these are going to be the, the movies but if it was hey we're going to make um you know a movie about blank right the characters then that opens the door to be like never mind we're going to turn it into a disney plus show and i think why i'm thinking that is because of kenobi, kenobi a yeah. little bit yeah so john maybe i don't know if i change your answer there or not but uh, what do you think uh lacy's point about fighting taika is strong because um just the proof is in the pudding in terms of the draw that uh, fuggy and i think just speculation i think Feige's producing taika's movie so mm-hmm. um i think that's a, a potential for a billion dollar box office there and at 2023 you gotta assume we're gonna be well post pandemic if movie theaters are still around that thing's going in and uh people are gonna go see it on the big screen but yeah the ryan johnson thing the only way i could see that being a shift is because we just heard he's doing production work for netflix stuff with benioff and wise so it's not below him in any way um he his most recent comment like six months ago about him with lucasfilm is they're still talking so maybe that's why we haven't heard anything maybe it is shifting into something else um Mm -hmm. if if it's happening like i'm still having very high doubts that it is uh especially if kathleen kennedy departs uh, because she's his biggest fan um but you know i hope we do see ryan stuff but i you know that would be the only maybe but i'm gonna say um i'm gonna say no uh right now all right so ding 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 on that one two of them right have we yeah we've we've agreed yeah um okay last uh resistance officer question this week uh this one's coming from uh our newest admiral double c uh chris over here uh he wanted to know will we see star wars move forward without the jedi uh as a focus um, on force sensitive characters that don't have formal training. Um, okay. So, so 
sorry, I, I kind of read that weird. Are we going to see Star Wars move forward without the Jedi and then focus more on just Force-sensitive characters that don't even have, like, a formal training? Um, John, I'm starting off with you on this one. So, like, the label or the religion of the Jedi is not there, but we still have people who have lightsabers that... Like, kind of like Kylo a, Ren wasn't a Sith, but he's... Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, in a weird way, kind of the opposite of, I like... Think, I think 100%. I think um, this actually touches on what my idea is for like my movie premise. Um, so I, oh. I, I think, yes, I think so. Okay. All right. I'm interested to hear what that is. Uh, Lacey, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think we will. I think the Jedi, you know, ended with the last Jedi. <laughs> but I think the idea of Jedi is still there. I think people still not even us but other fans outside of diehard fans still recognizes someone with force sensitivity as a jedi even though they're not a jedi like you could argue that point being mm. like well they technically didn't get trained and they're gonna be like okay but they're a good guy and they have that power they're a jedi right so i don't think the term or idea of jedi is gone but like following their religion and stuff without formal training i could see them doing a total movie without that Man, I'm I'm torn on this because I don't know cuz the Ryan Johnson stuff is just it's so toss up, right? He's supposed to do the story that's not related to anything you've ever seen before. It's it's outside of the Galactic Civil War. But I feel like besides his story, the rest of Lucasfilm and all that other stuff is they're just thinking on that particular timeline. Do we want to go before and have like a bunch of Jedi <laughs> How around? many Jedi can we put in this project? Or do we want to go after where it's Rey and the new order of Jedi? And you know, because she's yeah. she's Mar- Mark Hamill's not the last Jedi. She, you know, is carrying it on. So I feel like as far as Lucasfilm is concerned right now, no, they're not gonna get rid of the Jedi. They're gonna they're gonna keep that around and be that that's gonna be their big tie to all these movies from now on, until until Ryan Johnson or or the, we find out that Taika Waititi's movie or something is totally away from this and they're exploring the Force in different methods. Then yeah, there there you go. I want it, but I don't think they're gonna do it. I think they're keeping the Jedi show me a, a Star Wars movie that doesn't have a lightsaber in it. Never gonna happen. Yeah, almost happened. Close. Almost ha- almost happened twice. And then right at the end, they get you. <laughs> they get yep. you. They're like, oh, they finally yeah. did it. Those sons go, oh! <laughs> I, will, I can show you uh, a Star Wars movie that didn't have a lightsaber in person. That would be Solo, because it wasn't in person. Oh, it was over a hologram. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. All right, that is it for Will the Force. Again, another big thank you to all of the uh, all of our resistance officers who submitted Unreal. questions. A great episode, good questions. Uh, had a lot of fun, but uh, now I'm going to toss it over to John to head us into the discussion. Obi One once thought as you do. Okay, discussion this week is who writes, directs, and stars in our Star Wars movie. So it's. Um, as you know, listening to the podcast recently, we discussed how it seems Lucasfilm isn't really sure what to do regarding future Star Wars films. Uh, as Kathleen Kennedy put it, they're taking a step back to assess things. So we're going to have some fun and take a step forward. Uh, pretending is fun. So we're in charge of Lucasfilm for a day. And if you're still tuning in, here we are in giving our dream Star Wars movie and cast and crew and plots. Uh, so we'll each take a turn to give our picks uh and our ideas and then we can uh talk about those and uh kind of develop those ideas uh, amongst the three of us and we'll each take our turns uh going through ours and it's kind of like when we did our pitches for episode nine back in 2018 if you are a longtime listener of the podcast we kind of each gave our uh, idea of what we thought episode nine would be like Uh, And some of uh, the ideas hit, and some of the ideas were very fun. So this is a little bit on that theme, but more on the production end. But we're going to have a good time with that now. So um, (laughs) I'm guessing based on our pre-recording discussion, you guys want me to go first? Well, I think we should preface this as John... We all took it John, Yeah, John came to us with, hey guys, 
this is what we're doing for the discussion, which we all were like, oh, great idea. And he said, what was the exact statement you said? You said, director, writer, starring, mm-hmm. could be unknown or something like that. Well, well, he also said, what is your Dreamcast? And I said, well, I mean, it's a video game system from 1999. <laughs> I don't know up, if it works James. anymore. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> they, Dreamcast could have been a thing if they had the games, by the way. Uh, sorry, gaming. Um, anyway, so John said this thing in typical TRB fashion. We each read this differently and came up with a different idea of what it should be, which you will soon find out. Uh, but as an example, he said it could be unknown actors as in like, you don't know who's going to fill in the part, but this is what it could be. And I took it as, oh, you need to pick unknown actors because that's what they do for Star Wars. (laughs) And James, he'll get to his, but it's a stacked cast. I, yeah, I went all a list, baby. <laughs> so go ahead, John. I just totally, thought we should totally explain different this, worlds. That yeah. This is gonna yeah. be extra fun because we each interpreted this differently. Yeah. So like my my original idea was all right. So we'll list who our writer is, our director is, sure. or a few of the actors, um, and a basic premise, and then the three of us discuss that and then try to develop it and see where it would go or it would turn <laughs> into. And Lacey apparently wrote a full script, so she's ready to pitch it. <laughs> I really uh, thought about this. I was like, I'm going and prepared this yeah. time. And then yeah. there's going to be a slow push in uh, Act slow 3 push. on uh, this character's face. And No. Um, all right. So my, I'll, I'll start things off because mine's probably the less developed, I guess, of the three. But <laughs> my idea is um, a century after the rise of Skywalker, uh, the current Galactic Republic... The New Republic, uh, at this point it's not new anymore, has been uh, organized in a way to delete all records of the Jedi and all records of the Sith in an effort to thwart people from um, pursuing Force sensitivity. Um, Basically trying to erase the history because they felt that they witnessed what happens when those types of things are at power, at the height, there's a lot of war and chaos. So trying to snuff snuff out history so it doesn't repeat itself in a sense. Um, And um, there are people who are starting to dig and try to learn and understand what this thing is that's been hidden from them for so long, um, including um, my main cast. So my my, the only actor I have cast in mine uh, by name or actually not just one. Um, I, so Sigourney Weaver is the Supreme Chancellor of the the Republic. She's Good in charge choice. of she's in charge of the the government. Uh, love Sigourney Weaver as an actress. I think she'd be great in Star Wars. Um, and Sean Bean plays a professor. <laughs> I knew Sean Bean was. Uh, you knew come Sean in. Bean's coming. In. <laughs> I actually didn't know, but as soon as you said it, I said, "How stupid am I?" <laughs> to not have known that. <laughs> to have not have seen that. Coming. So Sean Bean plays a professor who's wise in the history of the Jedi. Like he he's been digging up artifacts and and old books that are really underground and off the grid things that are not supposed to exist anymore. And in his own time, trying to learn more so that he can teach it. Uh, to people but he's not force sensitive at all he just mm-hmm. he, he n- knows of things and he's trying to surface them because he wants to know why they're being swept under um so he's kind of like it, they're all a part of this republic so there's not like some looming empire or anything but you can see how this republic is you know like lucas said it's poetry it rhymes you can see this republic is almost kind of shifting in a way of like the book burning and then that sort of thing um and then my other cast are two unknown actors like teenagers whether they're twins or not it's going to be uh, a girl and a boy and it's going to advance to the point where uh the boy remains good and the girl turns evil because I think it something we haven't seen in Star Wars yet is an evil, force-sensitive woman. I think that'd be interesting. Whereas the boy is good, and then they wind up having a clash. And having it be twins could kind of be cool, because it's almost like a, a tribute to um, Luke and Leia, in a sense. Um, written by Lawrence Kasdan. I'm sure you guys expected that. And uh, co-written by Stephanie Folsom, who wrote Toy Story 4 and Thor Ragnarok. Um, because if you can write a movie like Toy Story 4 and keep and be the fourth in the franchise and have it still hold up to the rest of the franchise. I think that's very important. And I think that I still haven't seen that. It's really good. 
Yeah. Um, and, and it's something that Star Wars obviously could could use as someone still writing high quality stuff. And obviously, Kazan's been around for a while, so having someone co-write with him in the modern sense is good. Uh, and Thor Ragnarok, obviously, a lot of people really liked. So there you have that. And directed by Ryan Coogler. Uh, again, a guy who revived a franchise in the Rocky franchise with Creed. Um, having someone knowing how to work in franchises and do something new and make it fresh and almost revive it again. I think that type of director would be important for Star Wars. And score, um, I've really taken to this guy, Michael uh, Giacchino, um, would do the mm. score for that. And he'd obviously have more than two months to do it. And I'd give him plenty of time to do it. Uh, so that that is my uh, story. I don't have a name for it, so it's the untitled Star Wars movie. It's a very popular thing to do these days. But uh, <laughs> that's my that is my idea. I don't know what you guys think. Or what could it be expanded upon? What do you, you know, like, don't like, thoughts? I I was I was picturing marketing it in my head. And the first thing I thought of was like you know, like the like children being like, I feel something inside of me. I don't know what it is, you know, and stuff like that. And then like by the end of it, you have the Sean Bean character saying, you know, we don't they don't speak of it anymore, but we know we know what it is. And then it's like it's the force. And then it's like, do, 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 do. Like, <laughs> and the cool. title comes that's up, cool. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Sounds very X-Men to me. Like the idea that mm. they're like trying to control certain populations mm. that have powers and like don't want people to know yeah. or like put them in a certain situation. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think also of a, like a, I think the giver, right? Is the giver the book I'm thinking of growing up? It's like, kind of like the government controls who and sees what and what they're thinking of. It's a very cool concept. And I think it kind of, it would be interesting to see the Star Wars galaxy without Jedi and Sith. Like it removes that whole idea, which is funny because we were just talking about how they would never do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, it kind of makes people think about the importance of that stuff in Star Wars and what it would be like without it. Yeah, and I, it, it would be almost like a stepping stone where by the time you get to a second or third film, there obviously are people that are starting to. Oh, it's find so good. There's a second or third. Well, <laughs> if it, if it does well, like I knock on wood, you know, I'm hoping this does well. I know, right? It could really make your career. Right, I'm hoping it gets a theatrical release. You know, uh, maybe a thirty dollar buy in on on Disney Plus. Hmm. But um, I just thought the idea of having the knowledgeable Obi-Wan type be someone who's not force sensitive at all, uh, but somebody mm-hmm. who can be a mentor to these kids, even though they're more pow- powerful than him, so to speak. But he has this knowledge and he wants to like, just tell people like, listen, there's, there's this thing going on that you don't know about because they're hiding it. And that there's, there, there's the intrigue about that, like the cat and mouse sort of thing, um, which is like a smaller rebellion in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think there's a lot of themes there that are being brought out in the sense of like the overall government is trying to snuff out a group of people by saying, by pretending that they don't exist. You know what I mean? And I yeah. feel like there's also like, you know, how star movies in general, not just Star Wars, but like they often reflect like, you know, what's going on in like real culture or whatever. But I feel like that could be another thing that could tie in with like how mass audiences treat um, I don't, I don't want to say minorities, but I'm trying. You know what I mean? Like political opinion that is often snuffed out because they try to say, you know, that that isn't. Uh, nobody thinks that, and it's like, no, a lot of people think that, and you just keep cutting away every time we get our chance to speak. Sure, you know, kind of thing. And nobody has the force. The force right. is not a real thing. It's, it's a, a myth, bedtime yeah. story. And, and that's not a real thing. And then there's people out there and every time they try to like utilize the force, they just get pushed down so hard. And uh, one, people who one last nugget that preach could on be it. used in this is you can make when they, as they uncover more things or find more things that have since been buried or lost or whatever, you can find out like the whole history of Ray Skywalker because she's obviously not around anymore. Uh, and find out how many what, years what, is it? A hundred. 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 Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So she's been dead for like forty. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's my uh, my little idea. Um, so who wants to go um, next James. with their idea? 
Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, in in you giving yours though, John, I realized there's a couple things that I didn't do. I did not pick a writer. <laughs> I didn't pick a writer, but I picked. I think everything else, right? So pick a writer, director, right now. Ryan score. Johnson. Written and and not directed by Ryan Johnson. Sure. Okay. He's a good writer. <laughs> or Taika. Um. Okay. My story is uh it's not galactic at all because the first thing the first thing i thought of is that is if i tried to do something galactic i was probably going to end up either in the old republic era or i was going to be basically telling like a episode 10 story and i was like i don't know if i want to mess with that so i went kind of i don't want to say like the solo or rogue one but like the smaller picture story and i kind of tried to keep it as close to like a small system of planets or a single planet uh type story um and the longer i went with this too i was like oh my gosh i just feel like i'm basically taking all these other movies and their ideas and stuff (laughs) but you'll see how it comes out but anyway um what i wanted to do is i wanted to make a a planet that is ruled by a king and potentially a queen too um but uh the king of this planet is joaquin phoenix and he i should have known you have him in there too because he's one of your picks all the time too yeah i there's a couple in here that i i like i i originally wrote down ryan coogler and then i was like i feel like i do that too often so, so I'm i did the same a, thing a he was my first pick too and i was like i always say him i'm gonna pick someone else so, um, what is John? I was doing the gladiator thing. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, he was put into place, uh, when the empire died and the new Republic kind of took over. So my story kind of takes place in that, that post return of the Jedi era. And, um, he, even though he was like, uh, you know, supposed to fix the planet and all this other stuff. He was doing fairly well, but then he kind of like became corrupted and he started like, um, I don't know. I have this other idea, but we'll get there in a second. Um, the, the main two characters though, not the villains are, uh, Ana de Armas Love and that. Taryn Egerton. And they are husband and wife. And they are basically like peasants and she's force sensitive, right? And when things start getting worse and worse and worse for the planet, um, the the guy, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, decides that he's going to send these like dark side witches on people and try to explain it off like i don't know we're doing what we can to fight them but it's really like him doing it mm-hmm. to kind of cultivate the society of like little they're sh- poor and i'm still rich he's like putting it on him yeah. yeah and uh when he decides to actually pull the trigger on that um they she being force sensitive uh you know, is able to use an old family relic of a lightsaber and she is like owning down these dark entities and it gets noticed by the king. He brings them in and then says, oh, you're the person that's killing all the dark side people. Well, guess what? I'm the bad guy and I'm kicking you or getting rid of you or killing you and, and your husband and getting rid of your family. Um, so she actually gets like, I think they, I think they escape. They go away to a different planet instead of like being just killed. They like kind of Aladdin it (laughs) where the guy thinks she's dead, but she's not. Um, and they get contacted years later by, uh, their, the husband's brother who's played by Aaron Taylor Johnson because he's awesome, but he's a rough and tumble kind of like pilot dude who always hated the government who always hated that guy. And he's like, man, it's really bad. You guys got to get back. And through the course of everything. Yeah. They, th- my general story is that they go back and she is able to kind of, they, they come up with a plan to take over and defeat the King and therefore expose the plan and, and rid the planet of the dark side evil or whatever. Nice. Um, who's your composer? 
Uh, oh, this this is a wild one. You guys ready for this? Michael? No. Oh. <laughs> because that was one of the ones that I was like, I know I know I go with this one too often. So the, for the for the director and the composers, I I just looked to movies that I liked and I Danny think Elfman. the strongest what? Danny Elfman. Yeah. The strongest piece of score that I've heard in a very long time and is gotta be Tron Legacy. Yeah. So I went Daft, Daft Punk. Punk. Good choice. Oh. Solid now choice. I, oh. I now I know I know that Tron is definitely like an electronic feel, so they were a good choice for that. But I will say this, and Star Wars isn't really that at all. But I will say that the strongest piece of music to come out of that uh, Tron soundtrack is the overture, the opening, like the, yeah. the Tron theme, and it carries through. Yeah. And it's or- or- orchestral, you know? So it's like, I don't think that they're not capable of doing that. They clearly did it. And it's, it is like one of the best, like feel good pieces of music brings you right back to that movie. And once you do expand in a whole franchise of, of stuff, whenever I hear that, that music and they're, they're the blame for that. So yeah. Would Daft you, Punk. Would you have your planet fit the vibe of that? So, cause you're centralizing this on one planet with this King. Would you make the planets, um, culture fit like the music? Like, would it be in almost like a Tron feel then? No. Oh, okay. Um, actually, I picture it a lot like the Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie where it's like the king versus the peasants. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's like they come up with their like own band of, you know, people to kind of eventually take over and, and wrong the right or right the wrong that this king has set forth or whatever. That's kind of how I pictured it. So I pictured it a lot more like, um, like the Ursos and how they're like farmers and stuff like that. And like that type of a society of like peasants and people who are, you know, even like Anakin, like on his sand planet and stuff, they're all kind of like slaves. Yeah. It's like, if that was owned or run by, I know it's owned by Jabba the Hutt or run by Jabba the Hutt, but I mean like if it was like a king or whatever and it's Anakin's journey to like rise up and defeat the king, like being a peasant or a slave, you know, I think that's kind of where I was going with it and less like technological Coruscant-y. Um, I did have Ryan Coogler written down, my director <laughs> though, is I was like, man, what's a, what's a really good... um movie that I was just like so happy with the way it was all put together and it's really funny and ironic but I looked it into the Spider-Verse which was Lord and Miller Oh wow! and I thought you know what what the heck it's my dream movie (laughs) give them another chance bring them in and say look man I got all these people Joaquin Phoenix Aaron Taylor Johnson Daft Punk's doing the score. I I feel like this has your name written all over it. Nice. And welcome back to Star Wars. Who's writing it? I did. Uh, apparently, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> 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 all right, cool, man. Um, and it would be an isolated one movie. Um, so like, would it realize itself? Yeah. Where would it take one? place yeah, on I, the timeline? Did we decide? Post yes, Jedi. that was. Yeah, after after um, Return of the Jedi, so it's like kind of Mandalorian era, Got maybe it. a little bit later, because um, this is in that period where the Empire w- fell and the New Republic was like setting up people to be like the new people of certain planets, mm-hmm. but they're so busy with everything else that's going on. A lot of these outer worlds are like, yeah, we're part of the New Republic, but I don't, I really don't think they're paying attention. I could pretty much do whatever I want out here. That's right. And that's yeah. where the, the corruption starts to set in with Joaquin Phoenix character. Um, I also did have, like I said, like the witches, the like dark witches or whatever. I yeah. also was thinking yeah. maybe give um, Sophia Batella another chance at the like the mummy or like the witch mm-hmm. type character since mm-hmm. that was so like a very promising at it like hey hey you're gonna lead this new franchise and all this and it's gonna be really cool and I don't think it was any like 
well it was one actor's fault i hate that one guy who was in the movie (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like everything else about it was not like an actor's fault per se you would have i feel like she did really good in that you would have to complete your story in this one movie because joaquin phoenix doesn't do sequels he is considering doing joker sequels though that's true he said that all right, so maybe... And you know what's funny? Yeah, maybe you're all right. Is I, I associated... I picked Joaquin Phoenix because of his gladiator role, and then I was like, he would he would be a good villain, and he needs to go back to it. And then I was like, oh, hey, he just did Joker. It's... Yeah. Yeah. I People are going to think I picked it because of Joker, Gladiator was didn't. 20 years ago now. It's crazy. Yeah. I actually came across Russell Crowe, too, and I thought, man, I, I don't know, man. He's good, but I just don't think he's got it in him. I saw a photo of him. I don't know if it was for a movie but it looked a little rough <laughs> um all right that's all right cool uh anything else you want to add on top of that um no not that i can think of all right uh lacy what do you got i'm like super nervous my hands are sweating i'm <laughs> <laughs> so, ready for a rap battle lacy no lacy it's just us <laughs> i know i know so and to start off thousands of people okay okay so to start off the funny thing is i've elements from both of your stories in my story and you'll see why yeah. so i wanted mine to take place 15 to 16 years after tfa so and i'll explain <laughs> why but i was starting that off because you both had different time periods that you were in um TFA specifically mm-hmm. not rise of skywalker so it's in reaction to the hosnian prime being blown up oh cool right. so i looked up planets guys i did research of which ones Whoa. didn't blow up <laughs> so there is a planet that actually the planet ben solo was born on which is jandrilla which is hana city which is a big city type environment, which is the environment that I wanted, which was initially the capital for the New Republic, but it rotates. So it rotated to a different planet, and that's the one that blew up. I knew there was a lot of controversy on if Ben Solo's planet blew up. It didn't. Um, So it would take place on this planet. Uh, Do you guys want me to start with the production stuff or the actual story itself? Um. Yeah, give us the premise. I first. think That's story because okay. I can hear the, the premise story and then is you, you do the production afterwards. That a senator that wasn't in the New Republic capital, the city basically falls apart after the New Republic gets blown up, and all these crime organizations and syndicates start to take over the city. And he was putting steps in place to protect people and to put these criminals behind bars. So it's kind of got that like. Batman-y feel where it's like oh they're taking care of the bad guys mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. his family gets blown up like he witnesses their spaceship car thing blow up and he thinks Ooh. that they're dead but what he doesn't realize is that the daughter inside who's younger was not blown up because the bad guy that went to go blow them up couldn't blow up a kid he felt guilty so he took the kid but the mom died so the girl that now the dad thinks is dead, has been training with this bad guy, who's played by Tom Ellis from Lucifer, of course. (laughs) Um, Waiting for that. So uh, the lead girl is played by Angelica Bette Fellini from Teenage Bounty Hunters. She's Blair, who's kind of the more bad twin. Uh, So she would, she's not a twin, I'm saying in that show that I saw her in. Yeah. So she would play this lead role and she'd be trained to be a bad guy. She'd be somewhat force sensitive, but Tom Ellis's character would tell her to hide it from the overall crime organization, which is led by Angela Bassett. She is like the overall bad guy. I like that. So they're basically running the whole city. The dad leaves the government because he's distraught and he's like my my life is over the dad is played by william zabka from cobra kai ah. and he <laughs> leaves and uh goes away so then there's a time passing of like 15 years so she gets taken when she's like four or five young enough that she won't remember where she comes from and now she's older so she's like 19 20 21 so the dad thinks she's dead she thinks that she's always been a part of this organization because Tom Ellis's character hasn't been honest with her that she came from this other place because he feels guilty about what He's happened. The devil. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
So during that time period, another character, the lead guy in my movie, who's played by Jor- Jordan Fisher, he's in a bunch of movies on Netflix. Um, he plays one of the main uh, characters in The Boy I Loved Before. Did anybody see that? This guy up. He's really good. He's in a bunch of like Disney shows and stuff. He's still up and coming. So people at home, I picked a lot of people that you might not know the name, but when you see them, you know them because we tried to pick people or I tried to pick people that were up and coming because a lot of Star Wars people are usually not well known. All right. Mm -hmm. So then he is force sensitive and he's from that city, but he goes to train with Finn and Rey after the rise of Skywalker to become a Jedi. He's training with them for the 10 to 15 years and then realizes how bad his home city has gotten, his hometown, and he decides to go back to help with the rising resistance in the city, which is led by this old senator, William Zabka. So then him and the girl kind of meet each other throughout the movie and they're enemies, but they don't know they're enemies. And then over the course of the movie, she figures out that she's been lied to this whole time and he knew and she didn't know. And then the dad realizes she's not dead, but she's a bad guy. And that's it. I don't know how it ends. I haven't gotten that far. Okay. Well thought out. The well thought out. Thank good you. guys win. Of course. Good guys always win. So. <laughs> Did they fall in love? Yes, of course. Okay. Enemies to lovers, always. That's what I assumed. I, you didn't confirm it, so I needed it confirmed. I'm going to confirm it in a second. Okay. Oh, you said so, you were done. I'm sorry. No, it goes into my production people of why I chose Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, for my director, my first choice was Ryan Coogler, but I always pick him. Mm-hmm. So, I went to Joe Wright, and he is mm-hmm. the director of Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, um... Hannah, which is an action movie, and Mm -hmm. Darkest Hour. So he's really good at war, drama, romance movies. My Mm -hmm. writer would be Chris McQuarrie, who does the Mission Impossible movies um, and Edge of Tomorrow. I think he's like really good at just like action-packed movies with drama and relationships. Definitely. And then my my composer would be Michael Giacchino. Giacchino. I always say his name wrong. Still don't know. Um... Yeah. Okay, Michael that's my Cappuccino. movie. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, you did. Do you do composer? Michael Giacchino. Giacchino. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a title? <laughs> literally, the last words out of my mouth. <laughs> do you either have a title? <laughs> we're do reacting you, to your. James, composer. did you have a title, or are you in the untitled boat like me? Uh, again, I did. I didn't think of a title. You don't even have a writer as a as a thing. What? You don't even I, have a writer yet. I am untitled. Yeah, but I picked five cast members. I had another. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I had another detail (laughs) that I was throwing around with myself because I'm my own writing team. And Mm -hmm. the detail would be that Tom Ellis's character is related to William Zabka's character, but Mm -hmm. I decided to not do that because it was just too much. Um, Very Cobra Kai. (laughs) I know. Um, My story changed like 16 times because I was like, there were so many different so, things. I was like, oh, the queen is going to be like good, but then she's going to tip <laughs> off these people and stuff. And I'm like, nah, none of this is like, I just keep changing it around. So Lacey, yours, do you see it as um, a one film? Is it something that is expanded on? Like you could Oh, see- obviously it's going to be a multi-billion dollar successful franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you're looking at a three movie minimum. I think so. I don't know what the story would be for three movies because the only <laughs> she's thinking it's going to be so big they're going to like try to spin off the successful yes. series with their own Obviously. trilogy. What Lacey really wants is each character to get their own Netflix series so that she, from the comfort of her home, watch all of her characters' Netflix series and say, "So created, created, <laughs> created, created." So it's funny mm-hmm. you say that because my main bad guy is Tom Ellis from Lucifer, Netflix. The lead girl is. And uh, Angelica from Teenage Bounty Hunters, Netflix. The main dad guy is obviously William Zabka from Cobra Kai. And then Jordan Fisher was the lead guy in the most recent movie with Sabrina Carpenter. It's Mm -hmm. like a dance movie. He was the lead guy on Netflix. Yeah. Hmm. Angela Bassett was just a really good bad guy in American Horror Story Coven. So I think it's, you know me, I'm all about, we need to get some uh, women baddies. 
in Star Wars at the top, not the Phasmas. We need some baddies at the top. And also, yeah. um, so what, let me try to figure this out, though. Are, are any of these people... Like where's the force? Where's what's going on with the force seven sensitivity with these people in terms of we got the one guy who's training with Finn and Ray, but is Angela Bassett like a dark side force user or is no. she just some kind of governmental? She's oh, okay. just a bad crime syndicate. She's a bad person. Lady. Yeah. Okay, I got that. That makes me think of like. Um, I actually, I'm the, thinking her there was as the a other boss person who was force sensitive Luke though. Cage. Oh, okay. the other girl was force sensitive, right? Yeah, the girl was force sensitive. I was almost thinking of, you know how, like, what's her name is the bad guy in Gotham? Jada Pinkett? The Joker. Like the ball crime. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. she doesn't have powers, but she has the power to control people in the sense of she has all these people that work for her. Yeah. Um, But mm. the lead girl is force sensitive, but she's taught to not show it because she, she, like, the guy's afraid she'll get taken advantage of. Tom Ellis's character. Gotcha. Okay, that's cool. I like that. I think we uh, we we had three different three different stories. I think that's good. And in three different time periods. Yeah. And in three different locations. And now our our listeners, you got you may have hated all of them. So they're like but, they already tuned out. They're like we yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> you know a funny a th- funny thing though is I'm sitting here and I'm listening to these different stories and stuff, and I'm like, you know, we we do different things with our lives, but if you are a director or a writer or anything, it is just like sitting around being like, I have this idea Mm -hmm. and they write out the thing or whatever. And when it comes to like the official uh, creatives who work with Lucasfilm and stuff. And I actually was sitting here thinking too, that like, it's, this is one of those things that like, we have this idea and we write it out and we flush it out. We get it all in Canon and all that other stuff. And then it comes out and it's called, um, it's called like Dark Disciple or A Crash of Fate or mm-hmm. Alphabet Squadron and nobody's paying attention to these stories and it's like it, it, that's that's kind of one of those things where like that's why I'm like I, I like the books and I like the comics because they are these stories that are like side stories to Star Wars but they often get overlooked because they're not part of the main story or something like that and I'm like yeah but how good would these movies be you know mm-hmm these are just characters that are in that world and they're that. just I'm kind just... of trying to deal with like if Star Wars was the genre, these are the movies that would come out, you know? Yeah. These are the stories but, they would tell. But I'm thinking like I like I love movies so much that it's like music means so much to me in terms of like bringing the emotions out. Like if you take out a lot of really good scores from movies, um like knocks out 85% of the emotional value of like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of things, a lot of dramas, especially. So uh, like I've just all, all aspects of it, the production and the story side stuff all interests me very much. And I, there was a, I, yesterday it's funny. I'm like on YouTube, like late at night, just going through like, Oh, this video. And then, then it shows you the next one. And it was a brief interview or clip of JJ Abrams. And he said, and it's from years ago. And he said, the people who talk about screenwriting the most are people who don't write. He's like, 10% of people actually go through with it and start writing it. So if you write, you're already ahead of the game. And I thought that was very interesting because there's always the Monday morning quarterbacks who are like, oh, you should have wrote this short. And in other words, he's saying just, he's like, just write. Um, So I I just think that this type of stuff's fun. You know, like we could, you know, it's news is light. And I like doing these things where they can get our audience can get kind of a, a feel of like what we would like to see, because now like in the comments we want to hear what you would who would you cast who would be your director uh, who would be your writer what would your story be like hit us up on Twitter too at R B A T S W N N would you uh, see our movies <laughs> yeah go see our movies please when the theaters come back no I'm um, saying like would you see it tell us if you see them well yeah let us know if you like our ideas or not and you can be honest and and we'll have fun discussing it but definitely drop them in the comments on youtube and um like Lacey said before um it was either monday or earlier in this episode like we're close to 5,000 subscribers so make sure you do subscribe mm-hmm. to the youtube channel and all that sort of stuff um but yeah and uh i don't know this was fun i had fun with this you guys like doing this 
Netflix, a I Star actually, Wars story. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I think Lacey made a comment that I was going to Marvel-fy or whatever, and I was like, yeah, and then just now I'm looking down and I'm like, the only connection I think I can make to Marvel is Aaron Taylor Johnson was Quicksilver. Yeah. Oh, I right. meant Marvel-fy in like the way of like the fact you're going to stack all, your cast. All star cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, but I did kind of fear that after you said it because I was like oh shoot I probably am being no, like yours is well I'm gonna get Robert Downey Jr. Oh. <laughs> he's gonna be with Tom Holland like yeah well, but I actually didn't really at all I don't always do this but we do have some connectivity here because we did have the opportunity to hear some of your pitches uh, that made it on this week's Resistance Transmission so Lacey what is uh, their creativity from Lucasfilm their brand of Lucasfilm or idea of Lucasfilm this week Yeah, so it's time for Resistance Transmissions. So usually John puts up a wacky, crazy, wacky situation. But this year, or this year, this week, oh my gosh, it feels feels like like a year. year, A wacky, crazy, wacky situation. Yeah, uh, he told me what it was before, guys. So I knew what the scenario was, which was this discussion, which we asked you, what is your dream Star Wars movie, writer, director, cast, and plot? And the interesting thing, which is why John was explaining this, is because he put this up as a transmission, and then you guys gave such good answers and such good ideas that John was like, hey, this could be a really fun discussion. So for once, Mm -hmm. well, not once, but... This is a good example that you guys have influenced the show, so make sure to be following us on social channels and engaging with us because we really take what you say to heart and, and introduce it into the show and, and engage with it. So, first up is Neil Shaw at Neil Shaw. What's up, buddy? Way to get your handle, Neil. <laughs> okay. Okay, his movie is starring Chris Evans, The Rock, and Emily Blunt. It's written by Kasdan. It's directed by the Russo brothers. And this is the plot. It's the High Republic. A dark figure... Wait. A dark side figure brings the end to a time of peace. Co-starring... <laughs> Lacey Gillerin, the British-accented second-in-command to the Rock's evil character. John mm-hmm. Hoey, the scoundrel pilot with the cr- characteristic backwards blue hat... James Bainey, the rock godson of the horns who imparts knowledge to Blunt's character about her powers. <laughs> I would totally be second in command to the rock. I've said that before. I tweeted, I feel like a couple years ago, that I wanted to see the rock in Star Wars, and I got so much hate on Twitter. People- How's your sense of smell, though? What are you talking about? Would you be able to smell what he's cooking? Ugh. Uh, so, anyway. I got so much hate on Twitter that it was incredible that people were so angry about The Rock. I was like, he's a pretty, he's a good actor and he's a nice guy. Who cares? The Rock retweeted Lacey me would once. be like, was awesome. Hmm. Oh, did he? Yeah. Lacey would be like, you're tequila, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's all he does. Yeah. Um, next is Rick Villanueva, Cad's Bane Bounty. And he said, a Lord of the Flies type story directed by Dennis I'm always messing up. Denny Villeneuve. Yes, that. I'm always messing up his name, and I apologize. Written by Mark Bowl, Zero Dark Thirty, where a group mm-hmm. crashes on ancient Morabad or Exegol. The dark leanings of the world start to corrupt the survivors as they fight to, start to stay alive and make it back home. This sounds like a horror movie. It's dark, for sure. Uh, next crashes is... Crashes on the ancient Morabad. Yeah, man, that's cool. Uh, ne- sounds great. Next is Silver Dragon Blade at Jetta Rosewater. Hi, Jetta. She said, starring Unknowns, the Resistance broadcast and members, written hey. by me, George Lucas, and Dave Filoni. <laughs> Jetta's in the Heck mix. Yes. <laughs> I love it, Jetta. Directed by John Favreau and Taika Watiti. She's stacking her. <laughs> she, Jetta has no budget. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. George, George Lucas is like, hey, Dave, I've been working with this Jetta Rosewater. You want to come over and uh, the best, help us finish the story? You know, story at the end of the, cre- the movie, love the it. credits pop up in the blue letters. It'd be yeah. funny if, if, if it's just said, me. written by me, George me, Lucas. Yeah. And yeah. me. The plot, unknown pre-Republic era, 200,000 BBY. All right. So at least Yoda, wow. we know Yoda will not be in that. No connections. Yeah. yeah. 
Good job, Next Jeff. is Stephen Bowman at Stephen A. Bowman. Hi, Stephen. He said starring Florence. Oh, I always mess up her name too. Pew. 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 Uh, yep. John David Washington and Aquafina. Ooh. Written mm-hmm. by Greta Gerwig. Great. Directed by Richard Linklater. And the plot mm-hmm. is follows a trio of young Jedi as they struggle to balance their lives with their call of service to the Jedi Order. Ooh. Their personal lives. Oh, personal yeah. lives. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, Linklater was the um, boyhood guy. So he's like, he kind of was winning a lot of awards just because of his like unique style of filmmaking. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where this, this feels is coming like from. almost like John Hughes meets Star Wars. Yeah. Like teenage uh, figuring out who you are and trying to balance mm-hmm. that out while becoming an adult. I like that. Next yeah. up is Pedro at Pedro Gringas. Hi, Pedro. And he said, starring William Zabka. <laughs> Starting his own Jedi Academy. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. <laughs> I agree. That's good. You and me, Pedro. You and me. I don't get the reference at all. Cobra I don't know who Kai. William Zabke is either. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah. James, I will crane kick you into next Monday's episode, bro. How awesome was that when I'll, that kid did that? And he's like, he stole my move. I'll <laughs> crane kick. Go for the knee. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Is that, you, sh- you should have said, I'll oh, get yeah. you a body bag. <laughs> Wait, isn't that what he does? He, he hits sweeps his knee the or leg. something? He like, breaks his... Yeah. Oh, I guess that is it. Next up is Haley Meyer at shapely underscore buns. Hi, Haley. And she said, starring John David Washington. Ooh, again, love this actor. Uh, written by Dave Filoni, directed by Ryan Johnson, score Kevin Kiner. Plot, a Sith mm-hmm. has been discovered in the Unknown Regions. Washington's character is a Jedi sent to investigate, or whatever genius Ryan and Dave come up with. Nice. Uh, next. Oh, I, have a, I, have a, I have a new pitch for a movie, just because I've heard the name Washington twice. It's it's the, the forefathers, the founding forefathers, but they're all Jedi. <laughs> Next is Sean Santarude. John Adams, George Washington, Ben Franklin, but they're all they're all Jedi. <laughs> and they have to fight off the, the Sith British Empire. At Rude Cold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I am your forefather. It's yeah, called exactly. It's called Rogue Jedi, starring Keanu Reeves. Ooh, good choice. Written by Derek Kolstad, directed by Chad. Stahelski. Uh Plot, it's time for the most mature Star Wars ever as Keanu plays a rogue Jedi in a world full of bounty hunters. It's basically John Wick with laser swords. I, I watch it. In. I, I totally in. watch that. And last but not least is Brian Eikenberry? Eikenberry. Eikenberry? At IkeFFB. And he said, starring Ted Danson Ooh. and Woody Harrelson, <laughs> written Ooh. by Seth MacFarlane, directed by Seth Rogen. Plot, Ted nice. and Woody run a bar on Coruscant. It's basically Cheers from the 80s and Star Wars. In. All right. <laughs> I'm in. Guys, thank you so much for your answers. As I said earlier, usually it's a crazy, wacky situation, but this is good, too. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN. And every week, John puts up that scenario and you give your answers. Back to you, John. Thank you uh, for submitting those. And to those who didn't make it on, uh, podcasts are only so long, but we I read all of them. I thought they were all very clever. And you know, we'll probably do more stuff like this in the future, of course. Um, but make sure you do subscribe to the podcast, uh, as we talked about earlier. YouTube, we're close to 5,000, so spread the word on that. Share the videos. Tell a friend. Keep commenting. Keep liking. All that standard stock stuff. Uh, but also the audio platforms, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all those, wherever you get your podcasts. We're twice a week, and next month we're bringing back the Mando Fan Show. So you're going to have us three times a week. So you're going to make sure you're definitely subscribed so you don't miss anything because uh, you can fall behind pretty quickly. Uh, and then, of course, every day you're going to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, editorials, reviews, all that stuff. Uh, for our shirts... James is wearing one of our new ones. I'm wearing one of our new ones. Uh, teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast. Um, we're probably going to have some uh, Make Solo 2 Happen stuff at the end of this month. 
coming back on sale so keep your eyes on that and obviously check out uh, all the current designs we have uh, available to you including the one that came out uh the ray versus kylo ren uh like resistance broadcast duel which is uh in white and that's up there now too which we debuted uh, a little while ago um and uh i think that covered everything right yeah okay so you guys can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and at starwarsnewsnet.com and uh yeah james um you can find me on twitter and instagram at myra trunks can can i jump in one second i realizing he said woody harrelson at the end i actually think of Woody Harrelson as Beckett before any other character he's ever played. How about that? Now. Wow. I have a feeling Lacey still thinks of him as Haymitch, right? Yeah. But I think because Beckett in my Beckett mind has replaced is literally Haymitch, just more mean. And I was hundred <laughs> percent with you until like we made ourselves such a solo centric podcast. Now I just think of when I see Woody Harrelson, I go, that's Beckett. And that's the only character that sticks mm. out to me. Yep. Uh, Lacey, wh- wh- where are you at? Well, if you do like the Hunger Games, you can also follow me at Lacey Gillerin <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Also, Star Wars. like that, too. I'm going to cast Stephen Ford in my Star Wars movie and make his dream come true. You didn't say that. You can't do it after the fact. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> TRB, baby. All right. He said he said dream movie and right now John is dreaming. I am dreaming. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my real life now. So, we hope everybody uh, has a wonderful weekend. Uh stay safe out there, stay positive and we'll be back as always with you on Monday morning with another fun, awesome, informative, great, discussive, beautiful episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. What's our our, our, our word? Bye. Oh, I was, oh, was going to wait till you said, see you around kids, and I was going to say, banana bread. <laughs> banana bread? All right. That's it. All right. Banana bread. See you around, kids. <laughs>